The revolution has begun. Join the revolution, The Lost Art, with Steve Gould. For only the very best in progressive rock, every Sunday, 4 to 7 p.m., only on MMH, the home of rock radio. This is the UK's progressive rock station, Crogzilla Radio. So good you want to listen over and over and over and over again? Listen at mmhradio.co.uk. Matt Stevens here. You're listening to The Lost Art with Steve and Luke. Okay, you beautiful people. Welcome back to The Lost Art with me, Steve Gould, here on MMH, the home of rock radio and also Progzilla Radio. I hope that you've all been managing to stay safe and dry in the aftermath of Storm Babette and Storm Chiron. What is the world coming to? I think it's very safe to say that 2023 will go down in the history books as the wettest year ever in the UK. I can't remember having so much rain. All the ground is waterlogged. It's just been absolutely unbelievable. What can I say? The world is fighting back. Anyway, we won't dwell too much on the weather because we've got quite a bit to get in today, including, as I mentioned last week, an interview with Dave Kersner talking about his latest album, Heart Landmines, Volume 1. And we got that a little bit later in the show, plus a track from the album. We've also got a new Band of the Month. I'm not going to tell you who it is quite yet, but we're going to kick off with two tracks, a double header, because tonight, the 5th of November 2023, we have a prog double header in Great Malvern in Worcestershire, featuring appropriately Rain and I Am the Manic Whale. Mm. Two bands for less than £20. What? An absolute bargain. It's a very small venue, so very intimate, very up close and personal. Hope you can be there. It's going to be a fabulous evening. It really is. So to celebrate that, we're going to have a track from Rain. And also, I Am The Manic Whale. We kick off with Magician of Singularity, which is commonly known live as Magic Hen. And then we'll follow that with a track from the brand new album from I Am The Manic Whale. Bumper Book of Mystery Stories. Secret Passage. Oh, yes. Thank you. 
Dimension shows you interdimensional sensational craniums Better known as sensational interdimensional aliens You gotta know, you gotta know He says I gotta show ya, cause you gotta know Have you ever heard of sustainable, attainable black magic? The magician's incapable of being anything but enigmatic You gotta know, you gotta know He says I gotta show ya, cause you gotta know
dimensional sensational interdimensional sensational interdimensional sensational premonition shows interdimensional sensational interdimensional sensational interdimensional sensational
YouTube is now the second largest search engine in the world with over 3 billion searches a month. So if your band doesn't have a music video or if your business doesn't have a professional intro, then you're missing out. At InLife, we have all the skills and equipment you need to make a stunning video and stand out from the crowd. From in-house green screens and post-production effects to on-site filming with high-grade cameras and all at an affordable price. Visit inlife.co.uk and get in touch today to see how we can shape your vision. Remember, video killed the radio star. Wait, what? Inlife.co.uk Enough to make commercial radio turn to drink. MMH, the home of rock radio. Three blokes go into a pub. All right, I say three. Could be four or five. Could be nine or ten, doesn't matter. Could be 15, 20, I don't mind. 50, round it up, 100. Let's go mad, eh? 250, go on. Double it up, 500. 1,000, oh, I've gone mad, 2,000. 5,000, I'll tell you what, 5,000, everyone 5,000, 5,000, 5,000, 6,000, 6,000, 10,000. Small town in Hertfordshire, because in the park, all right. 15,000 blokes, all right, let's go. Population of Rotterdam, all right, Rotterdam, the Hague, whole of Northern Holland, mainland UK, all right. Let's go all the way to the top, Europe, all right. Whole of Europe goes in, I say Europe, could be, could be Eurasia, couldn't it? Not a band, obviously, that's just two of them. Uh, All right, continents, North America, plus South America, plus Antarctica. That's just eight blokes in a weather station. That's not a very good example. Right, OK. <laughs> Make it a lot simpler. All the blokes in the planet go into the pub. First bloke goes out the bar, he says, I'll get these in. What an idiot. <laughs> You're tuned to Radio Progzilla, streaming across the net 24 hours a day. Radio Progzilla, simply the best progressive rock radio. Okay, guys, before the break, two amazing bands, Rain and I Am The Manic Whale, appearing on the same bill this very evening at the OCC in Great Malvern. Wonderful value for money at $14.99 or $17.99 on the door. It's going to be great. Hope to see you there. Oh, yes. Anyway, being as it's now the first show of November, because it's the 5th of November, don't you know, Bonfire Nights we have a whole new band of the month band of the month and it comes from a regular listener of ours alan pearson who has suggested amplifier what a good choice and being as lou is a huge fan i couldn't see her complaining in any way shape or form so to kick off their time with us as band of the month what can i say off their latest album, Hologram. This is Two-Way Mirror.
Manchester-based amplifier, our current band of the month, off their latest album, Hologram, and that was Two-Way Mirror. They'll be joining us for the rest of November. They will. So send in your requests, dedications, suggestions, feedback, old socks, empty beer cans, whatever you want. Steve G at progzilla.com or via our Facebook page, Steve and Lou's World of Prog. And meanwhile, I'd like to say thank you again to Alan Pearson for suggesting Amplifier. A very good choice indeed, my friend. And he was a little late with the competition to guess what the initials TAP stood for. He came back with totally awesome prog, which is absolutely superb. But a little late because Colin Baxter won the prize. A good choice, a good selection nonetheless. Thank you, Alan. Thank you all. Now, I also had a suggestion for Band of the Month for a French band called Esthesis. And it came from a listener who goes under the title Mr. Jesutis. Mr. Jesutis. I hope I've got that pronunciation right. Anyway, we're going to go back. They're not our current Band of the Month, by the way. Obviously, we amplifier R but we're going to play a track from the band anyway. So I hope this goes some way to compensate for the fact that they're not Band of the Month, but we will play a track from the album. We're going back to 2022 for their album Watching Worlds Collide. This is 57th Street.
All our radio shows can be found on demand. Download our app from Google Play or the Apple App Store. Just search MMH, the home of rock radio. From France, the rather superb esthesis of their latest album, Watching Worlds Collide, which came out last year, and that was 57th Street. And once again, I'd like to thank Mr. Jasutis for suggesting them. Wonderful band. Right, well, I've got something new for you now. That new, it only came out two days ago, and it comes from the David Cross Band. Now, if you've not come across David Cross, he used to play violin in King Crimson for many years. He's now formed his own band, and that's been the case for a fair few years, to be honest. We saw them at HRH Prog in North Wales a number of years ago, and what a superb performance they put on. Well, two days ago, on November the 3rd, saw the release of their latest album. It's called Ice Blue, Silver Sky, and it is rather wonderful. Oh, as you'd expect. Oh, my life. And there are covers of two King Crimson tracks. Two classic King Crimson tracks. Exiles and Starless. And I've got Exiles for you now. This is David Crossbund. A place by the 
Originally on the King Crimson album, Lark's Tongues in Aspic, Exiles, covered by the superb David Crossband off their latest album, Ice Blue, Silver Sky, which came out two days ago. Check it out immediately. Yes. Right, well, after the break, our lady will be joining us, and she's celebrating the fact that Mr Portnoy is back in Dream Theatre by bringing us an entire middle section dedicated to that particular gentleman, featuring every project he's been involved with over the past few decades. Oh, my life. Have you got a middle section to look forward to? I'll catch you guys after the break. What are the dead doing? What, those ones over there? Yes, those ones. Well, what should we do about them? Should we follow them? Follow the dead? Yes, follow the dead. Every Friday, 10pm UK time on mmhradio.co.uk. See what new tunes might be shaking loose. Join me, DJ Moshi, every Friday between the hours of 8pm and 10pm UK time for the Friday Rock Show, where I'll be playing you classic to current, all the dance floor fillers and ballroom killers. Just imagine your old school rock and metal disco, where you walk in and bang your head straight away to the great tracks. Go on, Mr. Johnson, what we here for? For those about to rock, we say this is Robin Smith, and you're listening to Proxilla. Ten years on the air, and we're just getting started. MMH, the home of rock radio. MMHradio.co.uk Hi, I'm Erin Bennett of the band Ebb, and you're listening to The Lost Art with Stephen Liu.
Okay, folks, welcome to the middle section. And as I mentioned at the end of the first part of the show, we are joined by Polly Portnoy. <laughs> you made that up. I didn't. <laughs> and what better way to kick off this particular section than a track from Dream, Dream Theatre? <laughs> and that particular track, Never Enough, came off Octavarium. Yes, we started with Dream Theatre. What else could I start this playlist to celebrate the fact that Mike Portnoy has returned to Dream Theatre, of course. And how did you take the news? I jumped up and down with joy. We were actually out having lunch. And I kid you not, she was that excited, she had to have two cups of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Now... Nothing against Mike Mangini. He is amazing. He's an amazing drummer. But, you know, Mike, he was one of the founding members. So, Well, know. Mangini's left to follow a solo career, hasn't he? He, he has, a solo indeed. Album. He has So, indeed. it's all good. It's, it's all, all good. good in the hood. It's all good. It's all done nicely. And I, and I gather that your playlist reflects the fact that Mr Portnoy is back in the drumming seat for Dream Theatre, isn't it, Dura? Oh, yes. And, and we've got a selection of tracks from some of the many projects that he's involved with. Oh, yes. Now, the next one is Liquid Tension Experiment. This comes off their first album. Came out in 98. The track is Paradigm Shift. <laughs> Thank you. 
absolutely intense liquid tension experiment with paradigm shift. Somewhat of a supergroup. Jordan Rudis, John Petrucci, Tony Levin, and obviously Mike Portnoy. And if you think about it, I suppose it was inevitable, really, that Portnoy would end up back with Dream Theatre because he's had a very close relationship with John Petrucci over the years and played on a number of projects that he was involved with, including his solo album. So it was inevitable. It was inevitable. Right, the next one is Flying Colours. Of course, it's Neil Morse again, as well as Mike Portnoy. And this comes off a live one, third stage live in London. The track is Mask Machine, which originally came off Second Nature.
a great time tonight. How about you? We'll see you soon. See you again soon. Thank you. Follow us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Want airplay? Want your album reviewed? Get in touch. Just search MMH, the home of rock radio. Welcome to Progzilla Radio. We play epic tracks and sidelong songs, and we're not afraid of magma. For the break, Flying Colours with the live version of Mask Machine. Mm. And I don't know if you've noticed or read or seen on social media and other outlets that Neil Morse is bringing Morsefest over to the UK. The tickets are £250 each and that's the cheapest. What can I say? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord and pass the collection plate round because he's obviously struggling. <laughs> More of Mr. Morse later. Next up, what we got, love? A super group, a super heavy metal group, actually. B P M D. This is Bobby Blitz Ellsworth, Phil Demon. Mark Mengi and Mike Portnoy. They formed in 2019. They bought the album out in 2020. It's called American Made and I am playing you Never In My Life. And they've only made the one album, I believe, yeah? Yeah.
Well, I must admit, I'd not heard of BPMD until this show, but there you go, another project Mr. Portnoy's involved with. And I think it's safe to say that you haven't included every single one, have you, dear? I can't, unless I do a separate playlist. Well, that's down to you lot. Well, you know. If you want a Portnoy Part 2 from Polly Portnoy, (laughs) then you need to put your requests in. (laughs) <laughs> because at the end of this section, you might go, enough's enough. Enough's enough. Portnoy overload. <laughs> Who we got next? The Winery Dogs, another super group. This includes none other than Billy Sheehan, Rishi Cotson, and Mr. Portnoy, of course. And this is off their most recent album, The Winery Dogs 3, and the track is Stars.
We tailor all our advertising packages to suit your needs. With competitive rates, your advert can hit thousands of listeners. Just search MMH, the home of rock radio. Playing the music you love. This is Progzilla. The Winry Dogs toured the UK recently, didn't they? They did. Yeah, and I think, if I remember rightly, they came to KK Steel, Millie Wolverhampton. Yes, they did. And we missed them. Yeah, I think we were on doing something else. We are doing something else, like cleaning the cat out or something like that. Yeah, right. Oh. But guitar, bass and drums, a winning formula on so many levels. Hope you enjoyed that. So, who you got next, love? Sons of Apollo, of course. Okay, now these guys, I find these quite intriguing because they've only made two albums so far, Psychotic Symphony and MMXX. They've been quiet of late. And I really do hope they make a third album because the two they've made are absolutely outstanding. And if you've not seen it before, even though I've probably mentioned it many, many times, check out the live Blu-ray. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway, what have you picked, love? I've picked God of the Sun, the first track of Psychotic Symphony. Good choice.
Desperate.
I must admit, I'm not going to go into detail on the lineup in that band. Let's just call it the supergroup of all supergroups. Every musician at the top of their game. If you don't know who's in it, you need to look it up. And if you've never come across Sons of Apollo, what can I say? You so need to. Check them out. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Indeed. So, as we get close to the end of your section, love, who have you got lined up next? Adrenaline Mob. I know I've played these a few times before. Mike Portnoy got involved with them on their first album, which came out in 2012, called A Murder. And this is Undaunted.
strikes me that Mike Portnoy and Derek Sherinian are like prog whores. <laughs> That's one way to call They're prog them. whores. Because That's... Derek Sherinian's on everybody. He's even on a Frank Carducci album, Derek Sherinian. <laughs> they just hire themselves out to anybody. Even if it's only just the one track, one album, whatever. But what can you say? That's the way it is these days, and I can't fault them in any way, shape, or form for putting themselves out there. At least they're keeping themselves busy. Obviously, it's very much on the Rorker side, isn't it, this week, dear? Yes. Because most of the time he's been involved with heavier bands. Absolutely. Obviously, Transatlantic and Neil Morse band aside. Yes. And we have... The Neil Morse Band, next. What a coincidence. From Innocence in Danger, Bird on a Wire.
Okay, guys, I mentioned earlier Morse Fest. Well, just to give you more details, it's January the 12th and 13th at the Trinity Church in Brentwood, and he's playing the whole of Testimony 1 and 2, plus other tracks. The cheapest ticket isn't 250 it's actually 200 and that's a side view. But the VIP, get this, £520. Unbelievable. Love Neil Morse, love his music, not a lover of the lyrics and the fact that he's all about God and Jesus and all that kind of malarkey going on. But if it's your thing, make your way there. You can look up the tickets online. Morse Fest, January the 12th and 13th. And I believe we're finishing with the man again, ain't we, dear? We are. I'm playing out with Transatlantic off their last album, The Absolute Universe Forevermore. With the track Bully. It's only a little track just to finish off with. Hope you've enjoyed listening to Mr Portnoy and all his projects. I know there are many, many more I could have included, but maybe that's for another day. Enjoy the rest of the show. Have a great week and I'll catch you next time. Bye bye. Thank you for your input with Portnoy's Projects, Polly Portnoy. Thank you. Restricting yourself? Unless somebody else is tying you up. Join myself, DJ Mitz, at the Rock and Roll Penitentiary every Saturday at 2pm for hard rock, sleaze, metal and curveballs with a side order of filth and silliness. If you're easily offended, 
that you could do far worse by listening to Nigel Farage on LBC. Join us at 2pm every Saturday. Ladies. Don't miss the alternative of rock radio with that 90s kid. Listen to Ash Lynch as he presents the soundtrack of a generation. From the tracks of your younger years to the charts of tomorrow. So check it out Wednesdays at 8pm. That 90s kid exclusively to MMH, the home of rock radio. MMH, the home of rock radio. Keeping your ears safe. You're welcome. MMH. Case at the ready. It's Progzilla time. Hi there, this is Stu from Galahad, and you're listening to The Lost Art with Stephen Lou. Okay, guys, welcome back after the Polly Portnoy, Mike Portnoy tribute hour, or whatever you want to call it. And as she says, there are so many more projects she could have played music from that she could have done a volume two. If you want a volume two, I'm sure she'd be more than happy to oblige. But it would need your consent and your input. Put forward your requests, dedications, suggestions and feedback now. Steve G at Progzilla.com or, as usual, via our Facebook page, Steve and Lou's World of Prog. Now, one project that Mr Portnoy is involved with, or was involved with, is somewhat of a Beatles tribute band. They're called Yellow Matter Custard. And they've so far released two live CDs. One came out 2003, called One Night in New York City. And then in 2011, they released One More Night in New York City. And I think between the two sets, they've literally covered the entire Beatles best of. And then some. It was Neil Morse again, Mike Portnoy, Paul Gilbert, Matt Bissonette in 2003, and he was replaced in 2011 by Kasim Sultan. But definitely worth checking out. Absolutely superb. They actually released a DVD of it as well. So if you like to watch Anderson, you've got the choice. CD, DVD, your choice. But very much worth checking out. A very, very competent Beatles tribute act indeed. But you can't beat the real thing, because this week saw the release of the first Beatles single for decades. And it's one that was originally written by John Lennon back in the day. And Yoko Ono had a cassette of it, which he gave to Paul McCartney. And at the time, it was obviously not particularly good quality. But using today's technology, they've managed to extract John Lennon's voice, the song, they give it the full treatment, and it was released this week as a single. It's called Now and Then, and I suppose it's only right that we play it. The first Beatles single for decades. What can I say? Check it out. This is Now and Then. Oh, 
What an incredible achievement. They've managed to extract John Lennon's voice using AI from a decades-old cassette and obviously bring the song into the 21st century. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Not one of the best songs they've ever written or produced, but it's a Beatles song. How groundbreaking is that? Hope you enjoyed it. Now and then. Brand new song from the Beatles. Oh, yes. So, earlier in the show, I did mention that I've got a Dave Kersner interview lined up for you, lovely lot. And we're going to have that now. And then following the interview, we'll have another track from his brand new album, Heart Landmines, Volume 1. And he's going to tell you all about it during the interview. Yes. So sit back, kick back, and have a listen to the man himself. Tell you all about his brand new album and his other projects, including a Lamb Lies Down on Broadway project. Due to come to fruition next year, the 50th anniversary of the groundbreaking album. And we'll have a song from the new album directly after. And I'll catch you, lovely lot, on the other side. Okay, guys, this is Steve Gould on The Lost Art. And today I'm speaking to the one and only Dave Kersner. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Very well. All the better for speaking to you. Right. Your new album, Heart Landmines Volume 1, which I believe came out last Friday? Yes. Um, I have only had a chance to listen to it a couple of times, and uh, I feel there's a lot of different influences going on in there. I hear a bit of Pink Floyd, a bit of Steely Dan, a bit of Brian Adams. There's a, there's a bit of everything going on in there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it, Dave? Sure. Well, with regard to the influences, the, uh, um, well, actually, it connects to the concept. It's a concept album itself about, uh, actually, an autobiographical concept album. So it's the, my most personal album uh, to date. Usually I, I've dipped into like sci fi themes, and, and, and this time it's like more down to earth. Um, it's about, a drive across country, uh, across the country that I did uh, in the nineties when I lived in LA and I, I broke up with my fiance and I was living at her place and I had no place to live. And before I just sort of decided to, you know, crash with friends or other things I might've done, I was like, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll just get in the car and drive and think and write songs and maybe decide if I want to live in LA or not. And, um, I wrote a ton of material in that time period just after I used to play with an artist named Kevin Gilbert in the 90s. And then he died, sadly. Um, And so I just wrote all this material back then. And I wasn't yet a solo artist, a front man. You know, I had bands and I had other singers singing my songs. And we never did anything with it. And so it was just sitting there on the back burner for decades. And, um, you know, I... I, uh, formed Sound of Contact with Simon Collins, Kelly Nordstrom, and Matt Dorsey. Uh, and that was different material, although actually one song from this era was Not Coming Down, was actually written in the late 90s with these other songs. But that was like the only one that I had the lyrics to my satisfaction. So like all this time, I was kind of like, I need to revise these lyrics, you know. 
And uh, I wasn't as much as into lyrics or let's say as confident as a lyricist or whatever. Um, then in the nineties, as I am now, I love writing lyrics. It's one of my strengths actually, probably. And if anything, this album, that is one of the spotlights are the lyrics as opposed to musicianship and things like that. It's a little less fancy on that and a little bit more, uh, poetic or storytelling depth in the lyrics. And that's something I got from Kevin Gilbert, who was a brilliant lyricist. So, but as far as the influences, it's meant to be very diverse, not just prog, um, but it's a little less prog, a little more crossover to yeah, classic rock. Yeah. You know, and because I've done, you know, lots of prog infused, still always crossover actually with, with, with classic rock and alt rock, but uh, I've, you know, less, I'm a keyboard player, I'm known as a keyboard player, so I'm holding back. There's less of that. I've done plenty of that and I will continue to do it, but this is a bit more of like a singer songwriter side mm. uh, that I have. And um, the musical influences are more diverse because intentionally, because it's meant to represent road trip music. So if you're on a road trip, you might listen to CSNY or the Eagles or, or uh, Pink Floyd or, or maybe Brian Adams, I guess, or, or, you know, also Tom Petty. I mean, like it's, it's very, uh, or Pat Metheny group, all, all of those artists, you can hear in dire straits. You can hear those influences yeah, 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 yeah. throughout the album and the other volumes as well. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're on the radio, but they're new songs. You say that it was uh, originally written in the nineties when you went on a road trip. So obviously it's very autobiographical. Would yes. you, would you say that obviously you've waited till now to release it? Would you say that there's some element of catharsis in that? Oh, absolutely. I, I've been, you know, <clears throat> I've been putting it off <laughs> uh, because for a variety of reasons. One, I, uh, I started a sound development company and, and partnered up with a software company to do uh, tools for musicians to make music. That's what I've done for a living since, the, since actually 1996 or even earlier than that because I was doing custom uh, sound programming for a lot of big name artists and stuff. And um, that's my day job. So, uh, but I, I remember in like, I think it was around 2005, I was talking to Nick DiVirgilio and he was doing well with Spock's beard. And he's like, and we played together with Kevin and we did the lamb lies down on Broadway and, and uh, at Prague fest in 94. And he's like, why aren't you doing Prague, man? Prague's on fire right now. It's making a comeback. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, like, yeah, well maybe I will, you know, <laughs> with Simon Collins and then kind of got back into it. Cause before that there was like, you know, it was like a musician, full on musician with the long hair and everything. In the 90s, then I got married and sort of went corporate with my company, Sonic Reality, and and then kind of got back into it, got divorced and grew my hair back. And it was just kind of like, all right, this is what I really want to do. I don't want to just make tools for other people to make, make music. I, I like it. So I got back into it with the keyboard prog angle because it was, kind, you know, because in, in the 90s even, you know, we were trying to get record deals and trying to be sort of a little bit current you know, and not necessarily letting, allowing myself to just write 20 minute songs or anything like that. It was, it was a bit more like demos for, you know, radio, airplay, whatever we were trying to do. Didn't work. Um, and, um, but then 
the angle, you know, I came in like with something I'm very comfortable with as a keyboard player, you know, uh, doing that style of music. I love Genesis. I love Yes, ELP, uh, you know, his pals with Keith Emerson and, you know, all sorts of things that that uh, and Steve Hackett like worked for me, you know, but all this time I had these other songs that are like, well, it's not as prog per se, but they're still very um, me. It's just another side, you know, me writing on guitar, which I've done with solo albums. So you hear that, but it's just not as featured as on this album. The song styles are just a little, little just different and different enough to where I think, well, and this was the challenge and this is why it took me a while, I guess, to really sort of say, okay, can I do this and not completely derail what I've built stylistically? Mm. Like, you know, I've, I've changed a lot in the last 30 years as well, you yeah, know? Yeah, so these yeah. songs having roots then, it's like, can I do it justice? And can I, anyway, can I make it work to my satisfaction? Just my own. I mean, I'm, I'm my own biggest critic or, or strictest, you know, on this stuff. Most people are like, my girlfriend's like, you know, no one cares about that. Just, just put it out, you know, just, just finish it. And I'm like, no, like the, there's a quality standard that I'm shooting for. And I'm interested in all the areas of production, of lyric writing, of songwriting, of, um, you know, the playing, of course. And I work with great musicians and I worked with great musicians back then. Ironically, some of the people on the record, like Lyle Workman, who played with Sting and, and Beck and Jellyfish is on that record. He's a friend of mine back then. He used to play with Kevin. So I've, I've, been lucky to always work with great musicians but <clears throat> i had to bring the song some of the tracks over that we recorded back then over from this old technology called adat it was a really it wasn't the easiest thing to do actually it would have been a lot easier to just write fresh new songs and record them getting everything to sync up and all that stuff was but i i felt getting back to the point you made about cathartic it it's uh it was exactly that it was kind of like a bucket list thing it was like all right, I need to do this. It's part, I, I look at songs and song ideas, especially like the ones that kind of resonate with you as like your babies, you're in charge of them. And it's as a songwriter, and especially as a songwriter and artist or producer, whatever your avenue is, is to get them to fruition, get them out there for people to enjoy. That's like just the goal. And if it's you know worthy of, of making that effort, you got to do it. And um, so anyway, it was like an itch I had to scratch. And uh, but I'm very proud of it. I, it actually it's not just like okay I did this for me and I just it's like this has a relevant artistic statement in that I ended up it was so much time had passed. It was like kind of like okay, this is really kind of a a youthful album in the sense that i don't really go through those kinds of things today is it you know in my 50s but like getting your heart broken in your 20s you're going to maybe drive across country you know i'm not going to do that now i would just be like okay next or whatever you know but then it was kind of uh like i was uprooted and and questioning what i was gonna where i was gonna live what i was gonna do with my life and it just i was a little bit more emotional about it all so I had to get myself into that headspace, but also make it in a way that, well, I found a way that, that triggered me connecting with it about within the last five to 10 years, 
you could say I went through somewhat of a midlife crisis, I guess you could say, where I was dating much younger women and, you know, going through various like denial of, you know, aging things, not not to an extreme, but like enough to where it was like, you know, you aren't in your 20s anymore, dude. So but I had to learn the hard way and got my heart broken a little bit along the way, you know, kind of like, what were you thinking anyway, dude? Like half your age, that's not going to work. And it reminded me, uh, in fact, that even happened while we were doing some of the driving footage with Eric Nielsen and a girl who was much younger than me broke up with me. And I was like kind of almost on the verge of tears and I was, I could handle it much better. And of course it wasn't as serious as like, she wasn't my fiance or anything like back then. But I felt like, well, as much as this hurts, it is kind of helping me write these sad songs and write, the, you know, about a breakup and the feelings and all that stuff. So I'm like, all right, you know, and I added this extra layer, which you're really going to hear more of in volume two, which is the then and now thing to where it's like, OK, Genevieve and the story of this girl, Genevieve, you know, that's then. And then there's the story of this girl who's just like Genevieve now. And you're like, you know, what is this problem I have, which I've solved, I think, now, because my current girlfriend is totally grounded and we get along great and there's no problem. But, uh, but I used to kind of go for really beautiful, crazy women who are unstable. And, you know, it's a typical musician thing. In fact, a friend of mine said, like, you know, oh, you know, musicians do that. And they, they kind of take a hit for the people who play it safe. And then write about it and like, oh, how did that go? It didn't go well, you know, <laughs> but uh, something like that. Um, you know, I, 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 I've written about it in songs like Into the Sun and, you know, where it's just like the warning signs are there. It's probably not going to work, but you go for it anyway. And it's like, well, don't be surprised that you get your heart broken, because if you ignore the warning signs, you just go for it. Warning signs like, you know, whatever they may be that give you hints that it might not be something you can rely on, not stable or whatever it is. And uh, so anyway, uh, it's a multi-layered time travel. The irony is that my previous album was actually about sci-fi time travel. This is about real time travel, memories, yeah. revisiting the past and going through some of the same mistakes you've made before and then hopefully learning from them. Well, when, when Mike sent it over to me and, uh, and I looked at the, the background behind it all, when it was first written and obviously listened to the songs I thought this is totally out of context to the recent albums and when I started this is why I felt I needed to ask you that if it was something that you've had to come to terms with over the last 30 years you've obviously got to that point in your life now where you feel comfortable in bringing those songs to fruition yeah and <clears throat> you know truth be told for better or worse um it's not necessarily what I would have been writing right now if I was starting fresh. In fact, I've started some songs from my In Continuum project and some other things that are totally different. But that said, I'm very, I, I love all those bands that are influences and I love writing on guitar and I love a good adventure. You know, I love and concept albums. So I love driving. I love to look out the window, especially when there's no traffic. I'm not, I'm not into driving in traffic. I don't know if anyone is, but when there's no traffic and it's just open road and especially in beautiful parts of America and other parts of the world, 
Um, although in the UK, you've got to be careful on driving on the other side of the street, which I've done. But, you know, it's amazing I'm still alive. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, like, and so I embraced it and made it to me relevant for me. Like I said, the modern theme element of like, well, you know what? It's also about reflection and being, you know, sort of reminding yourself of what you've been through in life. Uh, you know, going back to, let's say, you know, my 20s uh, to, let's say, my late 40s or whatever, and just kind of like the concept of this heartland mines, the mines are landmines. It's like a heartland landmines. And so the landmines are a metaphor for like the explosives that you hit along the way, the bumpy road, you know, in life that, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you made a mistake or you got hurt. Uh, but you just hobble along and keep going. So, um, yeah, but I, you know, it's, it's, I love a challenge and I feel that, and I, I was pleased to see generally the feedback is that it's different yet. They hear the connection to my other work and it serves to expand, you know, like if you're, let's say if someone's a fan, I mean, a couple of things, like if they're a fan of my previous work, they get to hear another flavor, another side, you know, of me. Uh, if they're not, and let's say they're just the person who's not even into Prague or they're just a music person who discovers it and, and it's very accessible, then they might be like, Oh, this is, this is, uh, you know, I like this. And then dig in and go, Oh my gosh, he's got like longer songs with keyboard solos and <laughs> all, all these things that, you know, like kind of like the gateway, which ironically is how I got into Prague because I heard albums like Duke from Genesis mm. turn it on again, and I like that. And then I got I'm like, no, what I really like is Cool de Sac and Duke's Travels and then go backwards and be like, oh, my God. So I like that aspect of it, too, where it's kind of like as long to me, it's I, I like it when uh, Prague artists are able to be more accessible and it's, it is a challenge because sometimes that's done in a way that's really cool. Like, let's say, yes, 90125. Mm. I love that. And even though it's over Lonely Heart, even though it's overplayed, it's a killer track. I mean, there's great production, great playing. And if it made people discover Yes's previous catalog and everything else, or Asia's first album did that as well for a lot of people, mm. um, I think that's awesome and that's successful. I, you know, then there's... Um, the tragic opposite of that, which is trying to be modern, trying to be radio, try it pop and it just being cheesy and you hit the skip button or you don't even want to buy the album. Cause it's like, that's not, you know, what I wanted from that artist or band, you know? And so it's risky, you know, like I remember talking with Keith Emerson about love beach and, you know, he was saying like, Oh, that was our attempt to try to, you know, like pull off one of those things like the other guys, like Genesis had done and stuff and but um you know so there's hits and misses but uh, to me I'm conscious of it and I like to do if I'm going to do a, like a more commercial song I, I'm I try to make it so that it's not a song I would skip you know it's not so cheesy or, or fluff or it has substance still even the most pop stuff I've ever done like with Sound Contact or you know it's like uh has a quality that's worth you know digesting and giving a chance to because obviously you over the years you've accrued quite a 
contact list. And we've got people like Elliot Randall, Randy McStein, Matt Dorsey, the McBroom sisters and so on. Uh, how did they feel about getting involved with the project, Dave? How did they feel? Yeah. Well, I mean, I generally work with people who are my friends. And so, ironically, Elliot Randall, who uh, was one of the original guitarists who worked with Steely Dan, one of my sure. favorite bands, yeah. I've been friends with for a while, for, for years. And he's really cool, and he's come out to see me play. He saw me play with Sound of Contact. He uh, saw me play solo. Um, and I've never worked with him. And we've talked about it. And I'm not the type of person who likes to just, maybe on a tribute album a little bit more. I produce tribute albums sometimes too, but to just use a name because it's a name, someone's famous or plays with a famous band. Um, I like to do my music. I treat it like as a producer, like, like I'm a casting director. So it's like, well, this song would be great with Steve Hackett. And I used as a kid, I used to be like looking for a guitar player who could play like Steve Hackett. And the irony is Randy McStein totally gets that kind of style i mean when i say play like him i don't mean play just like him i mean like using volume pedal and using certain hammer-on techniques and expression that i like that you know steve hackett is kind of like the forefather of you know because he's one of the first even one of the first to do the hammer-on stuff he did it before eddie eddie van halen so um you know he's very innovative and steve howe i love the guitar playing and gilmore so i've never worked with howard gilmore so if i'm wanting a, something in that style. Fortunately, uh, Randy and Fernando Perdomo, uh, Matt Dorsey also on guitar, get what I'm going for and can get into that area, whether it's bluesy like Gilmore or, you know, kind of uh, Hawaiian or something. Fernando really gets the Steve Howe kind of Hawaiian thing. That he, he's, he's great. And so, but Steve Hackett, uh, who's not on this record, but on several of my previous records, um, you know, if you want something like Steve Hackett, it gets no better than getting Steve Hackett to do it. So, um, but anyway, even Steve, like we're friends, so they are happy to do it. And I'm blessed. I'm, I'm honored, you know, to have them, but all of them, not just, um, you know, the ones who were played with famous bands or, or famous themselves, but like, to me, they're, it's like a level playing field. We're all just musicians and there's kind of like a kindred spirit family thing going on between my network so there's a lot of people that i continue to play with like fernando like randy like nick DiVirgilio, who's not on this album but a lot of the previous ones but also derek cintron who is all over this album and we've toured with alice cromarty and Stuart fletcher from montrevega the montrevega rhythm section from your neck of the woods um and everyone else you know that that i work with the McBroom sisters, for instance, from Pink Floyd, um, they, it's, I like the, I like the balance of uh, having familiar uh, styles and their, their, their contributions, their creativity and their, their signature sounds uh, involved, yet sprinkling it with a few new people that you haven't heard before. And like like Elliot, for instance, or, or, or Devin Powers or other people who guest on Law Workman. Um, and so you get a mix of three key elements. Actually, I've never talked about this, but it's kind of fun. Um, 
you get first and foremost it's if it's under my name it's a solo album so i pretty much write all of it maybe some of the music's written in the jam but i'll write all the lyrics and 90 percent of the music if not all of it i think on this album it's all of it but um and so you get that but then you also get kind of like a bit of a band vibe because i love bands and bands are difficult to stay together and have um a unified you know vision and a unified goal but as a solo artist you can do that because you're hiring everybody and it's like well all right you're in charge you know so the buck stops with you good or bad you know it's 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 late it's your fault it's early it's your your you did it so and all those it's great quality the production awesome you know you get a pat on the back if it misses which i would never allow then it's like, oh, it's all on you. You can't blame anyone else. It's your, your, you know, so, but I like that. I don't mind that responsibility, but it doesn't, I mean, I honestly, I've thought about doing it. I might do it just not for vanity, but fun maybe or whatever. I could play all the instruments and I see people do that. And it is a true solo album when you do that. I, I, I do like that. I, I think it's kind of fun novelty at least, uh, or just kind of very honest. And it's, it, it can be cool. It's not even just a, show off thing or whatever but the thing is is that i'm like i'm a professional good keyboard player i'm an okay guitar player an okay drummer i can make as a producer i can make it sound pro it's not to sound bad but i can't certainly can't do all the things that the guitar players and drummers i work with can do they're some of the best in the world i mean marco miniman and nick D. virgilio are two of the top drummers in the world so i'm not gonna whatever i do is not gonna touch that but uh i so when i work with them i'm kind of like making a group a band per song it's like all right this is that band this is that lineup for that and treat it that way in the sense that they get room to be creative with it and do their thing mixed with what i ask them to do and to give you let's say like especially someone like fernando he has a very distinct style and what and repertoire way, way of playing that you can identify and to hear that on all of my, he's on all of my solo albums, or let's say Durga McBroom, her voice to keep hearing that you get that band feeling mm. from it. You know, you get that kind of like, Oh, it's Fernando. It's not just any session guy. It's, it, there's a personality there. Uh, and then the third thing of course is um, just new guests and, and new, new people that you aren't familiar with. Uh, being, oh, okay, there's a spotlight on this person now, like Elliot or whoever it may be. Mm. So is there any intentions to bring it to the live stage, Dave? We just did. Um, okay. We played Prague Stock. We were the headliner on Saturday night and did a good portion of the new album. And then we also did, uh, Matt Dorsey and I, uh, with special guests, Michael Sadler from Saga, uh, Randy McStein, Sally Manier, um, and others, uh, Joe Denizon from Kansas, um, did Dimension On. Because this, uh, Sound of Contact's Dimension On is in its 10th anniversary this year. The year's almost over. Um, we invited Simon and Kelly. Um, would love to, I would love to do it with them, uh, a, a proper full-on SOC reunion, but it's like I said a minute ago, like pl getting a whole band to do something as a band is much more difficult than just saying, Hey, look, I'm booked. Let's do this. You know, I had the show, I had the, because we were the headliner, we had an extra, you know, hour and a half, you know, set. 
so we were like, all right, let's let's do it. I mean, it was a trade-off. I would have rather played songs from, well, not rather, but as much as we, lo- I love doing that. And I always wanted to do it because I've never played the whole album before. Uh, Dimension Art. Um, I, I had to sacrifice playing songs from The Traveler, my previous album, that I, even songs I haven't played live before that I wanted to play live, and maybe I will next year on Cruise the Edge. Uh, and other songs in my catalog, like we didn't play anything off of Static, my second album. Played a little bit off of New World, and that's it. Nothing from In Continuum. So, um, but we did play Sound of Contact, Dimension Art, and the audience loved it, and we loved it. So, and we recorded it. So we'll put out a live album at some point. So I, I think, um, but anyway, uh, we did that. We did a few other shows with a band called Genetics, who's a, a Genesis tribute band from Argentina. It's fantastic. We did a double bill, a couple shows there. And that's it. Um, you know, I tried to explain, I always try to explain to people that prog bands and artists aren't quite the same as the Bruce Springsteens of the world and the, uh, you know, uh, all the bands that Sting and you know Peter Gabriel who would tour charge a lot of money, a lot more money, but they have been around, especially at a time when the record industry as was thriving and they had hits and all this stuff, so they can fill big stadiums or whatever their you know venues are. And the indie prog, and you could go or not go, and it's probably not going to affect that much. But when a band like Haken or Porcupine Tree or, or Spock's Beard or something or, or, or us or, you know, tours, um, you got to go or even a festival, you got to go because it, it, it may not happen again or as much because, you know, so you can't be casual about it like you could like saying go see some band, you know, uh, that, that's been around a while. Um, so that because of that, I don't tour a lot because I don't like to uh, lose money can lose a lot of money if people don't buy all the tickets and sometimes you have to cancel and i hate to cancel so you know but uh, but these were pretty well attended Prague stock was, was was good it was it was awesome patrick moraz was in the audience for our show and loved it you know and and, and like started heckling he started heckling unbelievable <laughs> and everyone started it was amazing so it was good what we did do um i do want to go to the uk and we, that's a little different. We actually have a little more of a following, actually, in the UK and, and Germany and places like that versus it's a little tougher in the US for indie Prague. Uh, there's not much of a scene, whereas, you know, really? there's some cool play. Yeah, it's not not like the UK. I love the UK. I mean, to me, I'm like honorary British. You know, I, I just I feel because like, a lot of the music that I like, you know, Beatles, Pink Floyd, Genesis. Yes. Comes from the UK. Uh, and I have a lot of friends there and, and it's just, um, and, and, and a lot of fans who come out to see us. Um, so we are planning on doing something next year. Uh, you know, like the Robin and places like that, you know, they're little, not, not big theaters. We were trying to do some theaters here and everything. It's like, all right, you know, like we have to just, uh, because it is a lot of times, it is not less so with this album, but uh, grandiose concert theater type music. And if you do it in a pub or, you know, a small club, it's almost doesn't quite fit sometimes. This album does, but 
you know, some of it, it's, it's like if you were going to build a wall, Pink Floyd or something, you know, and you did, it would look like Spinal Tap if you did another little club. But if you do it in the theater, it's like theatrical. Or even like the fact that we have these visuals. You know, we can't really bring those visuals to a small club because it looks, it, they don't really have it set up that way or, it, you know, but, uh, but, you know, like let's even like a Pink Floyd type show, which in some ways is what I do stylistically and and with sound effects and and the whole thing i have to sort of do a scaled down version of that uh but we do unlike some of the many of the other bands we do play live 100 percent. you know certain artists i won't name names but that are very popular they play the tracks backing tracks and it sounds great <clears throat> but and most people probably don't even know but it's not all live we're almost I'm even less this than the rest of my bandmates like Fernando, but we're purists. So we, I mean, I would play with tracks, but my band won't let me. And it, <laughs> it, it's too much. It's too much for uh, the smart, you know, it's, it's too silly to do for, for a club date. Uh, but, you know, the benefit is it's purely live, no backing tracks or anything. Yeah. So we'll do it. Okay. Well, we're running out of time, Dave, but uh, I just want to ask... The last time we spoke, uh, we discussed the Lamb Lies Down on Pro uh, Broadway project that you did with Francis Dunnery. Is there any movement on that? Because obviously it's celebrating its 50th anniversary next year. It's definitely coming out next year. Um, I'm not going to miss the 50th anniversary. It wasn't planned that way, but uh, it's kind of because there's that and there's a larger Genesis tribute as well that covers uh, all the albums from, I think, uh, the very, very first one up to Genesis, Genesis. And uh, we've been working on that with a variety of artists, including Nad Sylvan's on there and Billy Sherwood and uh, John Mitchell and all sorts of people. Um, and uh, Tony Levin. I mean, that, that one is also in the works. So I think um, we're going to have an explosion of Genesis tribute stuff come out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to see uh, Re Genesis tomorrow at the Robin. Oh, cool. Yeah. You got to check out G Genetics. They're from Argentina and you can look them up online. They're incredible, man. I mean, they're really good. They're up there with like the musical box. They do a very authentic um, presentation and the singer does a great Gabriel. Looks easy. just like a young Gabriel. And I sat in with them for the song, The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. And it was, uh, for, the, for our little tour, it was a thrill. It was a lot of fun. They're a great band. Excellent, excellent. There will there'll never be a shortage of tribute bands, I think it's safe to say. Well, I think that's a great thing because it's fun. But I, I, I'm a big uh, <coughs> proponent for new music. we got to keep the new music coming. And that's what, what I want to contribute you know because I, I do these tribute albums and i don't do like a full band touring tributes because that would take up too much time but i, I dip in and do like the albums and, and work with a more variety of people and have fun and pay homage homage to my favorite artists we're doing one for pink floyd rush and you know others but um and we did one for yes but yeah i mean my goal is to just keep putting out new music and i hope that people support that not just from me but from any artists you know and, and bands doing new music it's really we need it it's fuel 
it's new. Yeah, absolutely. It's prog that's progressing. Yeah, for sure. And uh, when can we expect volume two? Uh, I plan things generally around big events like festivals. So uh, I will have it out before Cruise to the Edge next year in spring. Excellent. And in the meantime, guys, where's the best place people can buy it from, Dave? Um, the easiest place to go is DaveKersner.com. My name, K-E-R-Z-N-E-R. Uh, and that will, you, from there, you can click the Bandcamp links, or you could go directly to sonicelements.bandcamp.com, or you could buy it on iTunes or Amazon. Um, and the CD will be available through, uh, I think, Burning Shed. Actually, I'll talk to them, and, and, uh, but through uh, Just for Kicks in Germany, they're our distributor, and they, they do all of Europe. So Excellent. So more than plenty of opportunity to hear it. Definitely, Absolutely. Definitely. Dave, I wish you all the best with the new album, with Volume Thank 2, you. with your touring dates, with Lamlois Down on Broadway next year, with everything that's going on. You never seem to rest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care, Dave. You too. Good to speak to you. Likewise. All right. A little itty-bitty track off the brand-new Dave Kirtner album, Heart, Landmines, Volume 1, Siren Song, to put a full stop at the end of the interview. I hope you enjoyed that. Right, well, next week I've got a Lost Art special lined up for you guys. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm not going to tell you what it's specialising in. But to play out, I'm going to play you a track from Spock's Beard, and hopefully all will be revealed. Mm, got you guessing, eh? Anyway, have an absolutely awesome week, and we'll catch up with you next week for a Lost Art special.